Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. God wants us to know that consecration is not just ceremonial. It's a way of life for his people. And all of us were called. All of us were called by God. But with different purposes according to his will according to his will in Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 it reads Joshua it's not all the way on the screen told the people Consecrate yourselves. Pause just for a moment. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. You just witnessed, whether you're in the building or online, the elders and the pastoral team consecrate the deacons. But it is the will of God in season that the people of God consecrate themselves and here's the reason he said for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you is there anybody in this room who wants to see the Lord do amazing things he does amazing things when his people consecrate themselves if I leave this pulpit and just go my way and do my own thing and come back next week, the impact will be different than if I consecrate myself during the week. Because when the people of God consecrate themselves, it releases God to do some amazing things among us. I don't know about you, but I wanna see God do some amazing things among us because he's amazing. He's so amazing. When church is ordinary, when church is ordinary and not extraordinary, could it be because the people of God have not consecrated themselves? Joshua was instructed by God to tell the people to consecrate themselves in order for God to come down and be in the midst of them. I don't know about you, but I, want, I need God to come down. There are times, Elder Lawanda, when I'm all by myself, when I call on God to come down, but I've got to prepare myself to be a sanctuary, holy, tried, and true, because God is holy. He wants us to be holy. I'm not talking about some religious rule-based rites. I'm talking about presenting our bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, that's our reasonable service, and not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That way, when we do that, we can prove what is that good and excellent and perfect will of God. I wanna know the will of God perfectly. I don't wanna think that I know the will of God. I wanna know the will of God. And when we consecrate ourselves, we can know 
the will of God because God wants to do some amazing things among us. He wants to do some amazing things in our homes. He wants to do some amazing things on our jobs. He wants to do some amazing things in the school district. Everybody who teaches, when your feet step across the threshold of the building, you ought to expect amazing things. God can do amazing things in a dark world because he's simply amazing. Somebody say amazing. Consecration is necessary. It was necessary for what we did to commission, but it's necessary for the people of God if we want God to do amazing things. We're living in a time of cheap grace, of cheap grace, where there is another gospel that says you can do whatever you want to do, you can live any way you want to live, God loves you. He loves you, yes, yes. He loves the sinner, he loves the saint. But there are those who are set apart and are his. That's where sonship comes in. That's when we are his children. That's when you have certain rights. That's when you have certain access. Not long ago, I talked about the difference between praise and worship. You remember that? And I said, praise is for everybody. Let everything that has breath do what? And that's true. Is that not true? That's the word of God. But you ready for a mystery? Even though praise is for everybody, he inhabits the praise of his people. That means he expects praise from everybody, but he lives with those who are his people. He lives with those who are his people. So while everybody is praising him, there are some he comes down and makes a habitation with them. I don't know about you, but I want God to come down. God, enter into my space and do amazing things. Do you want to see God do amazing things? Do you want God to come down in your situation? I don't care if it's good or bad. When God comes, he's amazing. He'll turn it around. He'll turn it around. But do you know what it takes for God to turn it around for me and you? It's for me to turn around. For me to turn around. Because when I do that, when I renounce certain things and I come to him, he can do amazing things. Joshua knows something about this because when God spoke to him, to encourage him after his servant Moses died and Joshua was shaking in his boots because Moses had great respect and he was still a young man, but he said, don't worry. Just as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. He said, only be of good courage. And he said, don't let the word of this law depart from your mouth. In, or, in other words, stay in the word. As long as you stay in the word, I'll do amazing things. And he said, no one all the days of your life will be able to stand before you. Am I right? 
No one, but something happened. There was a little nation, two letters, A-I, not artificial intelligence, <laughs> A-I. We're defeating them. If I'm Joshua, I'm thinking, God, you promised me all the days of my life, no one would be able to stand against me. No one. That was in chapter one. By chapter three, he's telling the people to consecrate yourselves because he learned something. When he was praying, God said, get up. He said, do you know why you're being defeated? And what did God say? I knew I was in a Bible-believing church. God had to tell him that. As the shepherd, why didn't he know that? Why? That's rhetorical. I see people thinking, y'all looking deep. When I ask that question, I'm like, boy, somebody about to fire an answer. That's rhetorical. Why didn't he know that? Because he was focused on winning the battle. And when he was losing it, he didn't understand why. So God had to tell him. And then he corrected it. And they beat nations bigger than them, stronger than them. Here's what I want you to get, and I'll be done in a few minutes. This is the same Joshua who, along with Caleb, went with 10 other spies. There were 12 of them. 10 of them said, there's no way we can do this. We're like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Look at the grapes. One bushel of grapes takes 10 men to count. They are giants, and we're grasshoppers in our own eyes. They focus on the giants and not on God. But Joshua and Caleb said, we're well able to take it. God promised us this. We're going to take it. And 45 years later, Caleb was still holding on to that faith. God, I pray that there will be some Caleb's in New Covenant. 45 years later, Caleb said, give me my mountain. I'm well able to take it. I'm 85 today, but I'm just as strong as I was when I was 40. That's what happens when we keep the faith. No doubt, struggles came. There were things in his life, but he kept his eyes focused on the Lord. When we look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, there's nothing that can distract us. There's no devil in hell that can slow us down. Nothing can stop us because God will be doing amazing things in the midst of us. Somebody say, let's consecrate ourselves. And to consecrate is simply to set ourselves apart. Romans 12, one through three. You read that as often as you think of it this week. That's the instruction. That's the instruction. Because when we do that, God will do amazing things. And you know what it takes to do that? To crucify our flesh. Because there's some stuff that I just like to do. And if I give in to that, I, I'm at risk of walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. A consecrated people walk in the spirit. That means I'm sensitive to conviction. Like nobody has to tell me what I do wrong because the spirit of God is the spirit of truth 
And when I yield to that, guess what? I get right. Get right, church. Let's go home. Am I talking to anybody? Do you know that in the very beginning, the consciousness of humanity was raised when they ate the forbidden fruit? They then knew what? The difference between good and evil. Before that, they only experienced good. But once they did it, there was their consciousness. So even in the natural, we know right from wrong. Anybody who's raised children, you know from a young age, they learn how to deceive. You looking at them do something, and they'll say they didn't do it. They'll blame it on this. Who did that? Who did that? I just saw you, no? It wasn't me. Who you gonna believe? Me or your lying eyes? You say to them, hot, don't touch. It's a 100% chance they're going to do what? And I have seen some that even after they get burned, they touch it again. If you were one of those two-touch or three-touch children, <laughs> you need a double portion. <laughs> because I'm telling you, those are indicators of our nature. And so when I come to him, there are things that I've been doing for years that I like to do. And if I say to myself, like I could justify anything, maybe it's just me, I'm saying, you know, this is all right. Or what if your logic is all I have to do is say I'm sorry and repent. Can I share a mystery with you? If that ever comes out of your mouth, that means you're in an unrepentant state. It means that. I want, there, there, we're in a season where the light is gonna shine. And true repentance doesn't come just because I get caught in something. See, that means I'm ashamed and that's why we spoke the word of the Lord. We renounce the hidden works of shame. That doesn't, that's not repentance. That's just, I want you to think differently about me. Repentance is a thing of the heart. And for many, it comes with weeping. It breaks my heart when I know that I've disappointed God. And I run to him. And you don't know, I don't have to tell you that. But when I show up, you'll know he's clean. Not clean because I'm perfect, but clean because I'm, I'm sensitive to conviction. You can become insensitive to conviction because the Spirit of God can convict you and you have a choice. You can submit yourself to it and yield, or you can override it. Here is the thing. I want you to hear this. You know I'm, I'm speaking to you because I love you and because I want you, I want all of us together to have a new name, to have a new name, to receive a white stone with a new name that's written that nobody knows except the one that receives it. Are you with me? Yeah. 
the more I resist it, the closer I become to what the Bible calls, what word is it? That's good. Reprobate. That means my conscience is seared. So even the natural knowing right and wrong, do you know people who you say, what's wrong with them? Because they can't discern between right and wrong. They just don't know. They do something wrong, and I'm talking about wrong, really wrong, and it doesn't even bother them. There was a time when it bothered them, but when you do it over and over, it becomes the natural thing to do. Let me tell you why that can never happen to a consecrated people. Do you want to know why? It can never happen. Here's what John the Beloved said. He said, whoever, whoever, my grandmother was talking, she would say, whosoever, <laughs> whoever is born of God cannot sin because his seed is in them and they cannot sin. What does that mean? Does that mean they never do wrong? No. That means they can't live a life of sin. They can't continue in it because his seed is in it it, keep, it germinates. And it says, oh, no, 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 no. You, no, no, no. Come, come here. Come here. Come here. You're going away. Have you ever called your children? Come here. They're about to run into danger. Come here. And if they don't hear you, what do you do? You run and get them. I don't want God to have to grip me up. <laughs> so when he says, come here, I come. I want to hear the voice before it gets loud. Do you understand? Come here. And whoever is born of God, you be, we become his sheep and we hear his voice. And we will never follow a stranger. It's a, that's so important in the times we live because I promise you, a lie has become such a present help that people are literally saying out loud, if you believe it, it's not a lie. If you believe it, it's not a lie. And so often, good, well-meaning people are seduced by lies. That's not going to happen to us. Come on, tell the person next to you, that's not going to happen to us. Because we know the truth. And the truth sets us free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. All right, here's the last scripture. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to extend an invitation. Ephesians 5, 13 through 17. Ephesians 5, 13 through 17. God's going to do some amazing things among us. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Children of the living God, when we walk in the light, nothing is hidden. Nothing is hidden because whatever makes manifest is what? Is light. Then all I have to do and all you have to do is walk in the light. And we'll never be in the snare of darkness. Are you with me? 
But all things, therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. Next verse. See then that you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly means be cautious. Not as fools, but as wise. Let's keep going. I'm already in red numbers. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The purpose for this word of encouragement is for all of us to be wise and to understand what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord for you and me is that we live life's lives that are victorious, that we live victorious lives, that we're never pulled under so that we drown or suffocate, but that we live in the presence of the living God. Stand to your feet with me. Consecrate yourselves because the Lord wants to do some amazing things in our midst. There are people here today, every eye closed, every head bowed. God is speaking to you. He wants to do some amazing things in your life. He's knocking on the door of your heart. If you would hear him and open up, he'll come in and he'll sit with you. And he'll teach you all the things that you need to know in order to do his will and to live a life of victory and never defeat. If that's you and you know it's you, I want you to come quickly to the altar. We're going to pray together so that God can do a new thing in you. He wants the best for you. He wants your life to be what he intended to be. He created us to worship him. And we fell from that because of the sin of our original parents but he sent his son to redeem us and to bring us back if you want to get to know this Jesus this is your opportunity come now if you want to be a part of new covenant and this fellowship you also may come now come now the Lord is waiting for you he's calling you he wants to do something in you. Won't you let him? Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.